Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger. Looking for an easier, more enticing way to plan and prep healthy meals? Well, Lisa Bryan's got you covered. She began meal prepping several years ago, but she quickly became tired of eating leftovers and wasting food. At the same time, she realized she needed to downshift the accelerated pace of her life. So she flipped the script on meal prep by focusing on individual ingredients. On a whim, she posted a video to YouTube that went viral, and she realized how many people were out there just like her who wanted a fresh approach to meal planning. Now she's celebrating the release of her book, Downshiftology Healthy Meal Prep, and she's here to share her best meal prep tips and tricks. Lisa Bryan, it is so great to have you here. Your book is amazing. I just love it. It's called Downshiftology Healthy Meal Prep. 100 plus make ahead recipes and quick assembly meals. And it's just a beautiful book and an incredible philosophy. And so I'm thrilled to have you on here to share with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be talking about meal prep and healthy food. So I think one really interesting part of this is your own personal journey and what got you to this point and got you to this point of having a book. And I would love you to share that because I think that in itself is super inspiring and exciting and speaks so much to to the importance of this and the need for this uh, that people are clamoring for. Yeah. So my background uh, is actually not as a food vlogger and a YouTuber. I started in the corporate world. Uh, I had a career for about 15 years, worked for healthcare companies. But I think like so many people out there, I was probably working really long hours. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was just feeling really drained and burned out. And at the same time, I had gotten diagnosed with celiac, uh, which means that my body can't handle gluten and a couple of other autoimmune conditions. And so I said, you know, I need to do a lifetime out. I need to reassess what I'm putting in my body, how I'm living my life and see, you know, if I can make any changes. So I adopted uh, a gluten-free diet. Uh, and then one of the things I realized though, that went hand in hand with that was how much downshifting my life, slowing down, getting back to basics, uh, really impacted things just as much as food. So then it became a very, I, I started to look at my life a little bit more holistically than what I was doing before and saying, okay, let's get back to basics with food, getting healthy food on the table, but also in terms of lifestyle factors. And I, someone at the time I was creating a bunch of recipes said, Hey, you should put, you know, some of these recipes on a food blog. And so very naively, I was just like, okay, you know, how hard can that be? So I put the food blog up, not really thinking much of it. And, you know, over the, the months and years, it just started building like a snowball and getting bigger and bigger. And I then created a YouTube channel. And as I started to put healthy recipes on my YouTube channel, one of the things that went immediately viral and is one of my top videos was a video all about meal prep. And at that point in time, you know, the dots started to really connect with what my audience, what was most helpful to my audience. And that was, how can you easily get healthy food on the table quickly? You know, we are all so busy. We are all juggling so many things. And so I did a whole series of meal prep YouTube videos, and that then led into a cookbook that I now have today. 
It's, it's just incredible. And I love the book and I just love all of your work. And I love this approach. And I think this is a time that most of us are reassessing. Well, hopefully we are, because I think we do need to take a beat and reassess where are we at? How do we want our lives to be better? Whether that happens in January or not, fine. But just throughout the year, I think it's important to do. Um, even if you're on a healthy path, you know, life changes, situations change, and that can be a really important things to do. So I love that that reassessment led to this incredible growth and well-being. And and you say you started feeling, besides having this incredible success with your blog and everything, you also started feeling better. Yes. Yeah. It's the energy. I think sometimes when you're not feeling well, when you're not nourishing your body well, you almost start to adapt to that feeling of, oh, well, this is just how my body is. You know, Maybe I just don't have as much energy as other people. And then when you can flip that and you start to feel good by nourishing your body better, by taking care of your body and you feel amazing and you're like, holy smokes, you know, I didn't know my body could feel this good. And I think that's such an aha moment for so many people once they start to adopt healthier habits is, oh my gosh, like I've never felt this great before in my life. And that that's so affirming. And I think that's what also keeps I know my community, especially on that healthy train, because once you start to feel great, you know, you don't want to go back to how you felt before. It's such a great testament to the truth of that. And I love that also in your recipes, it's very much focused on vegetables. And most of us really need to get more vegetables. I just did a whole podcast dedicated to that idea. And so many of the episodes that I, that I do really tie back to this notion of how do we get vegetables into our lives in variety with different flavors and so on. And you really focus on that, which I love. You went gluten-free because you have celiac and you needed to, and that probably that in itself would have made you feel better. But just, I want people to know that, you know, gluten-free recipes that are, you know, from wholesome ingredients, whole minimally processed ingredients are great. I eat gluten-free by chance all the time, but there's no reason to avoid gluten if you don't have an issue with gluten per se. So I just want to make that clear at the outset. These recipes are gluten-free, but if you're not gluten-free or if you are, either way is fine, depending on your your particular needs. But just don't be afraid. I don't want people to be afraid of gluten. I think it's important, obviously, that you wrote this book from your experience as someone with celiac. So... Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people always ask me, you know, like, what are my specific diets or, you know, there's always trending diets out there. And my philosophy is just getting back to basics, whole food, nutrition, whole food ingredients. And, you know, I always say that our bodies are not static. They constantly change. And as someone who is in her mid forties and, you know, going through menopause and hormonal changes, and you realize your body adapts and things that I used to digest easily and well, 10 years ago, my body doesn't do as well now. And so I always say, you know, your body is constantly evolving, make sure that your diet and your your nutrition, and you're listening to your body um, throughout, you know, your whole life cycle. Don't say, well, I'm just going to stick to this one diet for whatever reason that you might've seen online or on TV or what have you, you know, constantly assess that you might need different nutrients as you go through different stages of life as well. But so I always say, I don't adhere to any one specific diet other than gluten-free because I'm celiac. But my philosophy is just more more wholesome whole food ingredients, and and that you cannot go wrong with that really. And I think this idea of assessing 
and listening to your body and taking that kind of checking in is something we all need to do more of when we're deciding what type of eating plan we need to be on, rather than looking for some type of piece of paper to tell us this, that's not written about you at all, but really taking that time to check in and personalize that care in that way. Um, Anyway, so let's launch into this. I would love to have you explain. So your one real good thing is downshift for easier meal prep. But what do you mean by downshift? What do you mean by downshiftology? And and part of that is that you you took the basic kind of, I mean, meal prep's been out there. Meal prep is out there. And and but you got like frustrated with meal prep. And so you created this downshiftology. And I want to hear about that. What's downshiftology and why did you make that change? Yeah. So I think when I first started meal prepping, it was a different approach, which is, you know, why it went viral and crazy on YouTube. And at the time, the what I saw, especially on YouTube and what was out there was the meal prep concept of preparing, say, chicken, rice, and veggies in a separate container and preparing that exact same thing five or six times in separate containers. And you would then either put it in the fridge or the freezer and just reheat it as needed. But for me, you know, I started to get what I call palate fatigue, which was, it was, I just got really bored eating the same thing over and over for five days in a row. And at the same time, you know, uh, I, I live alone. And so I would buy a big bunch of veggies and I would find that they would start to go off. I couldn't eat them fast enough. And so I thought, okay, so how do I not have food waste? How can I prepare individual ingredients and then either store those in the fridge or the freezer, and then combine those individual ingredients in different ways. And as I started to do this, you know, I kind of chuckled to myself and I was like, it's almost like a buffet bar in my fridge. I've got all of these individual ingredients that I can prepare. And instead of getting bored eating the same thing over and over, I called them quick assembly meals where I can take you know, some rice and some shredded chicken and maybe a sauce and make a bowl one day and then maybe put shredded chicken over a salad the next day. And so it became a lot more interesting. And that's, it seems other people agree. <laughs> I'll say, and and you know what, I kind of do that without knowing it or having a name for it. And I, I always, that's how I've always thought of meal prep. Like I'm going to boil seven eggs. I'm going to cut my peppers. I'm going to roast this broccoli and then I'll have omelets and I'll have egg salad sandwiches with shredded greens or whatever. Like I'll, to me, that's always kind of how I thought about it. So it's interesting. And I would imagine I'm getting, I get bored thinking about, or even just looking at like five of the same meal, same exact meal prepped in a little container. I mean, once in a while, that's fine. I actually like to use my freezer for that kind of thing where I'll make a soup or a stew and then freeze it in individual containers so that I have like a little library of different things to choose from in the freezer. I actually Um, talk about that in the cookbook that there's there's the way I approach meal prep is not one right way. And so I know a lot of people are familiar with my YouTube videos where I do that individual ingredient meal prep, but I also do, like you just mentioned, the big batch in the freezer friendly recipes in the cookbook as well. And I think it all goes back to that variety because, you know, as much as I love individual ingredient meal prep, again, sometimes I don't have, uh, you know, the time in my week that week. And sometimes I just want to reheat something from my freezer. And I think it's all about having different meal prep tools at your fingerprint, uh, your fingertips or different approaches where you can say, Hey, you know, today I'm going to prep three ingredients for the week. You know, maybe next week it's eight, but then maybe this week I'm going to supplement that by reheating a 
vegetable chili that I have in my freezer or a lentil soup or something like that. So it's really about variety. And so the flavor possibilities become endless, right? And boundless in a beautiful way. But also you're saying it also takes some of the pressure off, like it makes it a little bit easier because why? Because you're just prepping individual ingredients, maybe a handful of different individual things, and then kind of playing with those throughout the week. Yeah. Well, I think we all have different schedules and it's, it's about adapting to meal prep to suit your schedule. So maybe you have a week where, you know, for me, like I'm traveling this week. And so making sure that I can just, you know, reheat something easy from my freezer. But, you know, when I come back from my trip, maybe I want to do individual ingredient meal prep that week and prep eight different, you know, combination of veggies, starches, and proteins. And, and so I think it's all about just not getting stuck in a rut and I, and I think that that variety, I always say it's, you know, it's not only variety in colors, but it's also variety in nutrients and flavor. And the more that we can keep a lot of variety out there, I think people will stick to the healthier food options that we have. hundred percent. And from a nutritional point of view, you're really right. Because when you eat a variety of different foods, different types of produce, different colorful produce, things cooked, things raw, a variety of different methodologies of cooking, then you get a variety of nutrients because every food has its own sort of unique footprint of nutrients. So that's how you get, you know, really the whole spectrum in the end, it kind of rounds itself out when you get variety. So I think we're meant to want that in some way, you know, we're like programmed to want that because it does help us from a biological point of view. Um, I just want to shout out. um, So one of the the first chapters in the book, I don't know if it's the first chapter, but um, you, you, really give like, okay, make these six or seven things, five or however many you want. Right. And then, so I'm looking at meal prep week four or meal prep idea four, which seemed really perfect for like the winter season. So it's a roasted chicken, roasted cauliflower, hummus, um, roasted tomatoes, mini bell peppers, black lentils, pesto, just chopped onion and and a dressing. And so with those ingredients that you really could do pretty easily. And, and you talk about how to roast the chicken yourself, but I have to say one of my like favorite convenience foods is just like going and buying a good roast chicken from a good purveyor. So, I mean, are you're, you're down for that kind of stuff, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the the day, you know, I say it's not about perfection. It's about just doing the best you can. And again, just trying to get more veggies, you know, on the table. So, yeah. So then with these ingredients, you make, you, you inspire us with pestos, chicken stuffed avocados, roast chicken with tomatoes, hummus, pesto, cauliflower steak with lentils and pesto. Each one of these looks and sounds so beautiful Um, with a chicken and cauliflower bowl, cauliflower breakfast hash. So you're really putting together some really creative and interesting combinations from these sort of mother ingredients, I guess you could call them. Yes. And it's funny because I think when I started doing that ingredient meal prep, it actually spurred so much creativity in the kitchen. I started to create things and combine things that I would have never imagined putting together previously, but I would look in my fridge at my little buffet bar and I would say, oh, well, you know, I've got some of these ingredients Oh, I would have never put, you know, the roasted cauliflower and the lentils and the hummus and the, like, I wouldn't have never combined those together. That wasn't something in my brain. But once you start realizing 
that whole foods can be combined in so many unique and creative ways. And I mean, there's been times where I step back after I whipped up a meal and I'm like, well, dang, that tasted amazing. Like I wasn't expecting that. And I think that that's just a fun way to get creative in the kitchen where if you're used to following recipes, you know, to the T, um, I think the individual ingredient meal prep will kind of spur something in each of us that is kind of fun at the same time. I love that idea and couldn't agree more. And I just want to visit more this idea of things that are pre-prepped. So it's okay to get a roast chicken. We're both telling you that. So don't worry about it. Um, also some other favorite kind of convenience, healthy foods, right? I love like pre-cut squash. Like you can buy these things. I call it, you know, I've heard of a, um, a company, they call it the vegetable butcher, right? So you can get your vegetables already butchered, basically yeah. already cut, already spiralized, already diced. And there is no shame in this. So I think a lot of times we have this notion that if we don't go to the farmer's market and buy the thing with, you know, if we don't buy it from the farmer with the dirt still clinging to it, then it's not good. And that we've somehow failed at being perfect. So I personally love to go to my farmer's market and get my vegetables from my farmer that I know he picked that day that I could chat with him about, but it's just not always possible. And I think we should just eliminate the word guilt completely. And you really help us do that, Lisa. So thank you for, for this whole concept really helps eliminate that sense of guilt and say, hey, you know what? If you're getting a home-cooked meal on the table with made with like minimally processed plant foods primarily, then you're doing great. You are doing great. And so it's okay to buy the pre-prepped stuff. Do you agree with that notion? Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm big on spiralizing and slicing and dicing and prepping ahead of time. You know, I've got a whole chapter in the book on how to select, prepare and store ingredients. But if you don't have the time and you're like, hey, I want to get diced butternut squash in one of those containers at the market, that's absolutely okay. You know, if your budget allows for it and you want to save some time, go get the pre-cut veggies, go get the pre-spiralized veggies. You know, at the end of the day, it's just all about getting those, those vegetables and those individual ingredients versus an unhealthy option, which would be fast food or processed food. So yeah, you're always, you're always doing good with vegetables, no matter how they're prepped. So true. So true. And also keeping frozen at home. I think that's really important because frozen vegetables are very comparable in nutritional value to um, fresh cooked vegetables, you know, as long as you don't buy them with like sauce and stuff on them. And then it also, it's essentially an individual ingredient that's already prepped in that way. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you could even, I always tell people, if you're not sure what to do, just put a bunch of veggies on a sheet pan, roast them to get that good roasted flavor. And then you could even freeze those, you know, so if you've got a bunch of veggies lying around, you know, I always like to do fridge cleanouts. you know, uh, when you look in your fridge and you're like, all right, stuff's about to go off. What should I do with this? And I'm like, if you don't know what to do with it, just roast it, give it some good flavor, and then you can freeze it. And then that's something that you can thaw in the future and top it on, you know, mashed potatoes with a sauce or with some chimichurri or something else. So yeah. There's so many options. Great tip. And one of the other things I love about your book, which I have to say is just the colorful pictures. The photos are amazing and everything's so beautifully illustrated. 
with imagery. So I love that too. Um, so what are some of your favorite convenience foods? I mean, when I hear you talking about all of this with your mashed potatoes, with the roasted vegetables, I want to put some white beans on there. So I know I need to have a can of white beans or a can of lentils, and I'm just going to drain and rinse those. And then I have a dinner, you yeah. know? So I, I've, I say canned beans are one of my favorite comfort, uh, my favorite convenience ingredients. What, what are some of yours? You know, I always seem to have a hummus of some sort in my fridge and I've got, you know, five different flavors in the cookbook from like a roasted beet hummus to a garlic hummus to a green goddess hummus. I love hummuses because I think if you're having a salad, you can dop a little, you know, dollop a little on for some extra protein and flavor. If you're creating a wrap, you can just smear it. Um, you can have it as a dip with some celery or just some raw veggies. So as you're looking to snack on raw veggies throughout the day, you can get, you know, some hummus. So I always love to have a hummus. Um, and I'd probably say like eggs are a big staple ingredient as well. I always tend to have either hard or soft boiled eggs. You can even meal prep poached eggs, which a lot of people don't know about. Tell us how to do that. I've never tried that. I know. Yeah. You can just poach the eggs ahead of time and keep them in water in the fridge in a storage container. Super easy. And then if, when you want to reheat the poached eggs, you can either just warm them in a little bit of like boiling hot water for about 15 seconds to warm them through. And they'll still be nice and oozy and golden yolk in the middle and you're good to go. And then it's cool because you have friends over or whatever you can kind of, or let's say you may be eating alone that night or you're not sure. Sometimes half the time, I'm not sure. Is my husband coming home for dinner? Is my daughter coming home for dinner? And so having the sense like, oh, I can make one, I can make two, I can make four, I can make six. <laughs> um, so you can, it kind of is nice and take some of the pressure off um, that you can kind of put together some meals for various numbers of people too. Well, and a lot of my, my audience, you know, has different allergies in their family too. So, you know, they might have, you know, one child with a peanut allergy, one child with a, a seafood or a nut allergy or this or that. And the, the great thing with this ingredient meal prep is now all of these foods, instead of making one big recipe of something and having to modify it to try and suit different dietary restrictions, this buffet bar, uh, one of my followers said, you know, she's got like three teenage boys and they love it because then they can assemble the meals that suit them and their dietary needs individually. So she's like, I don't have to create three different recipes for each of my boys. You know, I can just create this buffet bar and then they can assemble whatever they'd like throughout the week. And she's like, it has saved me so much time. Even if you don't have allergies in the family, I think that puts a lot for feeding kids, that puts a lot of power in their hands. And if they can select from great ingredients and make their own sort of plate, I think that that would be you know, a terrific asset to making them more likely to enjoy family meals and feel like, you know, kids love to sort of be in control, right? So it gives them an element of control over what's on their plate. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's great, even with like snacks and veggies, like I love veggie sticks. Uh, you know, you can have veggie sticks in the fridge and just some water, uh, again, a hummus or some other kind of dip that, you know, homemade almond butter or something like that, they could dip it. So yeah. It's all great, about great ideas. And then I wanted to just note, and you do note this in your book, which I appreciate, you do lose some nutritional value when you cut something and you put it in water, when you cut something and you keep it in the fridge for a few days, you lose some nutritional value, but really in the big picture. And I always talk about thinking about things in context. One of the elements of context we have to think about is as opposed to what, what's the alternative so we're doing that instead of what? We're doing that instead of maybe 
just getting another pizza or whatever. P.S. Everyone who listens knows I love pizza. So no, <laughs> so no hit to pizza there, but every night, you know, we, we need to, we need to branch out. <laughs> um, so is it a fast food dinner that you're going to order in or whatever, or something just much less healthy? So when you look at it in perspective, it's well worth it. You're still getting a lot of nutrition. You're still getting the fiber. You're still getting flavor and color, and you're getting so much out of that. It might not be the 100% that you would get otherwise. Again, if you got it from your farmer from that morning and cut it and cut it up right before, but you're getting the vast majority of nutrients and good stuff from that vegetable. So. Yes. And yeah, and the prepped food is going to be better even with a slight decrease in nutrients than, you know, some fast food or processed food option. And, and again, if you have the healthy food at your fingertips, you're just more apt to whip it up. You're more apt to make something because you know, in the back of your head, this is only going to take me three minutes. It's going to take me three or four minutes to put a salad or a bowl together and it's easy. And I've already got the ingredients prepped. So I might as well do that. So it just becomes like this impetus to just make healthier choices. One thing that's definitely true about nutrition is that nothing's healthy if you don't eat it. Exactly. <laughs> very true. Very true. So I think about that with my family all the time because my daughter and husband, they like won't cut a thing. They won't cut. If there's a whole apple in the refrigerator, they won't cut it. But if I cut it up and give it to them, suddenly they eat the apple. It's the, it's sort of annoying. And I may have enabled the entire situation, <laughs> yeah. but I think that's part of what you're saying is that, and, and I do think I see that with my family. Like if I have vegetables cut up, they will nibble on those. Um, if they don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I think that's the heart of meal prep. You know, I always say it's, it's saving time in the kitchen. It's, you know, saving money on ingredients and it's getting healthy food at your fingertips. And I think you just nail it with all three of those things. And all of a sudden healthy eating becomes much easier than you think it's going to be. Well, thank you so much. I don't know if there's anything you want to add, but I feel like you've inspired me and I just love your approach and your energy. And it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for having me here. I'm always happy to talk about it. And I hope everybody checks out your book, Downshiftology Healthy Meal Prep, 100 plus make ahead recipes and quick assembly meals. It's a beautiful book. Congratulations, Lisa. And thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to look at meal prep in a whole new way. And you can use some of these ideas to make healthy eating easier for you and your family. Join me next time for another One Real Good Thing.